Good to see everyone that is in the house of God this morning. To all of our guests, we welcome you. We are extremely glad that you have come to be with us today. And uh, so good to see Brother and Sister Gibson here in church today. Lord bless him, his wife, and uh, their ministry for many, 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 many years. And uh, so good to see them in God's house today. And uh, it's good to see uh, Brother and Sister Schiltz and uh, Brother and Sister Brills. Good to meet them today for the very first time. And I uh, talked to Brother Schiltz yesterday on the phone and told me they was going to be in church with us today. And it's an honor to have them and their families here with us today. And uh, so glad that you came to be with us in First Pentecostal Church in Sealsby. Amen. Good to see Brother Marvin in the house of God this morning. Lord bless you for being here. And uh, good to see him. Good to see uh, Kyle and his wife and family here. And uh, <clears throat> Amanda, good to see her. I seen her back there a little bit ago and two young men with her. Good to see them in the house of God today. And uh, good to see Dwayne here holding that baby. I think he ought to be here every Sunday and Wednesday doing that very same thing. And I'm kind of ganging up on him. We're all going to gang up on him as a church until God answers that prayer. Good to see him in the house of the Lord today. Thankful for what God is doing. And I'm glad to be serving the Lord. Amen. Are you glad to be a Christian? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for God's goodness and mercy and his blessing us and allowing us to come to his house to worship him. And along with Brother Duplessis, uh, we salute all of our veterans today. And uh, I think we have some here. Would, you, would our veterans and military stand up this morning? If you've ever been in the military, if you're in the military, stand. Brother Bailey, I know you was. Go ahead and stand up. So good. And we thank you. Lord bless each and every one of you and our military across this great country of ours and in foreign countries fighting for our freedom today. And uh, I know that, that um, these last couple of wars that we have had has lasted entirely too long. And uh, people have uh, grown tired and weary uh, of what is going on and uh, sometimes we kind of slack and not realize that there are still people that's in harm's way today to give us this opportunity that we have to come to worship the Lord and I'm glad I'm living in a free country today. Amen. <clears throat> and with all of its problems and a lot of things I wish could change and some things I don't agree with it's still the best country in the whole entire world. And if you don't believe that, you are to go to the country you think is the best. That's just the way I feel about America. And uh, man, on top of being in America, God has blessed us to live in Texas. Lord. <laughs> Praise God. So we just, we're just double blessed today. And then uh, <clears throat> to know this wonderful truth. I'm glad I've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And if you haven't experienced it, I highly recommend you to experience it before you leave this place today. And uh, we want to uh, thank God for all that He has done for us. It's already been mentioned, Brother Wakefield was here with us, him and his wife and son here with us uh, Wednesday night, giving us a report from uh, Mexico and and uh, we have supported them and uh, thankful for the work that they're doing and uh, thankful for God's blessings. Appreciate you giving in the offering. And uh, thank you so much, church, for your uh, giving every year so faithfully to missions. And uh, I feel that we are blessed because that we're able to give. And uh, thank you for doing so. And uh, let me make a couple of, of announcements before we get into the Word of God. And uh, have some prayer requests. We want to remember to pray for Sister Joy uh, Mason. She lost her brother yesterday. So our prayers are with her today. And ask God to help her and strengthen her. And uh, give her a touch and help from God. 
Also pray for Sister Baldry. Ask God to give her a, a miracle in her body. And uh, glad that she is doing better. But we pray that God would give her complete healing. Also, Brother Jerry Ishcomer was having some trouble this morning, made it to church, and then uh, had to go to the emergency room. So let's ask God to give him a touch from the Lord and uh, help him. And uh, we know a God that is a miracle worker. Amen. Still a healer of all manner of our diseases. Praise God. want to remember to pray uh, for Sister Belinda. We miss her being able to be in the house of God. And she's off with her husband working. And uh, ask God to bring her home safe. And I do miss my wife and uh, two of my girls this morning. And uh, they are in um, Indiana, Pennsylvania. I know that kind of sounds like a conflict of interest. But uh, with my wife, that is possible. <clears throat> but there is a place called Indiana, Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half out of Pittsburgh. And uh, we let them off yesterday in Little Rock, and they flew to uh, Pittsburgh and uh, asked God to bring them home safe, be back uh, Thursday night, and uh, ask the Lord to keep his hand of protection over them. And uh, I do have a uh, little confession to make uh, and uh, about the future. And one is, I do apologize and uh, in the future for what's going to take place. Uh, comes Father's Day, uh, I will be out of town. I, I am sorry for that. But uh, we had scheduled a vacation the week before. And uh, the place that we are going, when I got on the internet and looked, it was a time that we did not want to be where we were going. And uh, so I had to delay that for a week, so it's going to put me out of uh, town. I'd already paid for the vacation, and uh, so if y'all will forgive me, I, I will be with my children. Brother Duplessis will be here preaching Father's Day for you, and I know it'll be good. Enjoy the Word of God this morning. And uh, so, <clears throat> God is so good to us, and uh, He is a prayer-answering God. And uh, He is a miracle-working God. And uh, we are, love the Lord today and are glad to be in His house. Uh, come Sunday, uh, we're having a special service Sunday night, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Brother Tim James will be here with us and looking forward to the Word of the Lord. And, uh, but then uh, Sunday night is our graduation service, and uh, we are honoring our graduates and uh, their accomplishments, and uh, what uh, they have been able to uh, accomplish. So we'll be having a special service for them Sunday, Sunday night, and then afterwards we'll have a, a refreshments and a party for them over at the gym. So remember uh, that, and uh, let's, just, uh, let's just have a great time in the Lord today and uh, see what God will do for us. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter number 5, Isaiah chapter number 5. And verse number 1, I'll read a couple of passages of Scripture there and uh, try to deliver to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. Tomorrow, all the young men that are interested will be leaving here at 10 o'clock going to the lake. And uh, so uh, all the men that are interested be here at 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll be leaving from here at the church and be back tomorrow evening. And so remember... Those announcements, I'm sure that's not one that will be real difficult to remember. Now, if I announce prayer meeting tomorrow at 10 o'clock, they would quickly forget, but not the late. So Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 1. The Scripture says, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, and uh, the Lord has been dealing with me about these Scriptures as of late and uh, given me a couple of messages on these Scriptures. So in a couple of weeks, don't feel like I'm preaching the same thing when I go back to the same text. But um, I want to try my best to give to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. And I know a lot of folks are out due to the holiday today. And, uh, but I encourage you, don't forget uh, to be safe. And don't forget that it's not just an extra day off. But we are doing this in celebration and honor and memory of those who have fought and served uh, this wonderful country. Verse number 1, chapter number 5 of Isaiah. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song 
of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it. I want you to key in on uh, those words right there. And he fenced it. And he gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. Lord bless you for standing. You may be seated. I want to go back to uh, verse number 2, the very first of verse number 2. The Scripture said, after He made mention of the vineyard, His well-beloved had a vineyard. Um, this is what He said the very first thing. It was a vineyard in a fruitful hill. And the very first process that He had, uh, the very first accomplishment that He did, the very first improvement that He put upon the property that He had was, and He fenced it. And I want to take that and preach to you from this subject this morning, or teach to you. Uh, This will be a little more pastoral this morning than evangelistical. And uh, maybe come back tonight and things will change. But I just feel like I need to do what the Lord has laid on my heart. I want to preach to you or teach to you from this subject, fence builders. Fence builders. The scripture here tells us about the vineyard. And I know that this Scripture is speaking upon, uh, uh, when we reflect upon this Scripture, it's talking about Israel and uh, how that he found a vineyard, his vineyard being Israel, and uh, he built a fence around his, his people. And they were God's chosen people from the very beginning. That's what they were created to be, was God's people. And he fenced it and he took out the stones that were there. And he took out, in other words, all the bad things that was there. And um, he, he took out the things that should not be. And he planted it with the choicest of vines. He got the very best. He didn't go down to the five and dime store and pick out the cheapest plants that he could find. But he got the very best that he could find. And he planted in the midst of there. There he built a wine press. Back in biblical times, we can find that the wine press, the vineyards, the wine press, all of these things were very important. And uh, so he made reference to him building a wine press. He put a tower in the midst of it. The tower was a place of observation where he could, he could climb up the top of the tower and he could look out and see what was going on in the vineyard. And so he gave it all the things that it needed to be successful. He he built a fence around it. He protected it from the uh, danger that was there. He planted it with the choicest of vines. He built a tower in it. He gave it a wine press. Everything that it needed. But he looked for it to bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. And so... Then we get into the scripture of what God did and the prophecy. This was prophecy by Isaiah about what was going to happen to the children of Israel. And because God was displeased with them and displeased with the things that they were doing. But what I would like to do from this scripture uh, reading this morning is take more of a turn from it as our family. And what God has placed in our possession. And I know uh, I I do not want to take the scripture out of context. I want to take this scripture and look at a little different direction. And what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. And uh, the vineyard that God has given us, I believe that God has placed in our possession the greatest thing that God has given us in this world is our family. Our family should be the thing that we hold very dear to our heart. Our family should be something that we look to protect, look to, uh, uh, to build a hedge, to build a fence around, 
to protect them from danger. And uh, have, have you ever, has anybody ever had any dealings with an overprotective mother? Never mind, don't raise, don't raise your hand. <clears throat> Some of us uh, may be living with an overprotected mother. There is nothing like the protection that a mother can give a child. And uh, if if you want to uh, if you want to get a fight, you just you just cross that line, that protection line, and uh, you um, you come against that uh, that the scripture even even makes mention of someone being so angry it's like a a uh, mama bear robbed of its little babies. And uh, I tell you, that's something that you don't want to do. Now, I, I had some experience bear hunting one time. I went bear hunting one time. And a uh, very, very enjoyable time. And uh, I did it once. I probably won't ever do it again. But I uh, was bow hunting. And uh, I shot a big bear with my bow. And, and uh, boy, I was so excited. But I knew that I, I didn't make the perfect shot. And so I told the... A uh, guy that I was hunting with, I said, look, I said, I shot a big bear, but I shot him a little far back. And I have a good feeling that when we track him down and find him, there's a good possibility that he's going to be alive. And so um, it was dark. And uh, so it made for a very exciting adventure. And sure enough, I was about 15 steps the first time I seen him and he was alive. And he jumped up. The thing that helped us most was... He was so injured that we were on a steep incline and we were above him. And every time he would stand up, he would fall backwards and roll further down the hill. About 4.30 that morning, we finally got him to the top of the hill and loaded up in the truck. But um, it was a very uh, scary time. But I've heard of those who have, have uh, been hunting and, and uh, have a, a uh, mama bear and some cubs come up and and uh, you don't you don't want to shoot that the, the uh, game warden tells you not to do that and uh, don't shoot one of those babies because those mamas will get excited and um, they have been known to climb the tree they have been known to hurt people because you are robbing them of something that they hold very dear and precious and so it is a lot like that in in human nature also and I believe that is a nature that God has given us. And uh, we see that nature uh, of protecting our own young fastly slipping away in this society that we are living in. But I, I want to talk to you this morning and, and encourage some people here today uh, that God has placed us here to be fence builders. And I, I am uh, reminded of Things that happened in uh, olden times in the West, some of the the uh, greatest accomplishments of of our modern time is the fences that that fenced the West, and when people started drawing boundaries and people started making lines and and uh, fences all the time was not just to keep the cattle in; it was keep other things off of your property. And uh, we have uh, then came along uh, uh, what they called squatters and homesteaders. And they were giving a piece of property and they would build fences around it to keep the ranchers off of their property. And the ranchers did not like the boundaries that they were putting up. These men died to protect the boundaries that was given to them. And uh, the the property that had been handed down... we. We go into the Word of God and we can find that, that Naboth had a vineyard that King Ahab uh, coveted. He desired to have. And this is what Naboth said. He said, I can't give you what is my inheritance. What he was telling is his father's father's fathers had already drawn out some lines when the children of Israel were uh, dividing up the property and dividing up the, the promised land. There was boundaries that was set. There was, there was areas that was given to each family. And uh, this is your place. In other words, this is your homestead. It's up to you to build boundaries. It's up to you to build fences. It's up to you 
to protect it because there's going to be an enemy, there's going to be an adversary that's going to try to take it away from you. King Ahab said, I'll give you a vineyard that is more profitable. I'll give you something that is better. I want this one because it is convenient for me. It is right here next to me. But Nabod said, I cannot get rid of my inheritance. Years ago, there were some people that went out there and set some boundaries up. They drawed some lines. And I want to tell you, church, there's some people that years ago had set up some boundaries. They drawed some lines. They, they made some decisions. They started building some fences. And that's the reason why we are here today. That's the reason why this very church is in this city today. It's because some people set up some boundaries. Some people drawed some lines. Some people built some fences that they were not willing to allow the adversary to tear down or the adversary to come against or the adversary to crawl over. God would help us today to stir something up in our mind and in our spirits and in our hearts that we would build some fences, that we would draw some lines and say, hey, it worked for them back there. It it worked for mom and daddy. It worked for grandma and grandpa. It worked for the ones that have gone on to meet the Lord. I believe I'll just keep the fence where it's always been. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I can remember uh, years ago when I was very young, my daddy bought a, a place out in the country and, and some acreage and we had a little farm there. We got some cows and, and uh, we had some horses and we had a few hundred heads of hogs and, and uh, got in the hog business, the cow business, the horse business, whatever Man, we did it all. We had some goats, and we we just had everything. And um, and there was there was some wooded area around this that that a club, a hunting club, had, and and so it always, of course, we liked to hunt too, and and uh, it always caused a conflict because we had a couple of deer stands on the back of our property, and it wasn't where the new fence was. We didn't have any trees on on our side of the new fence, but, but there was an old property line. The old property line that when they built the new fence, they moved it in about, about six or seven feet. But if you got to looking, you could see the, the meets and the bounds of the property was not where the new fence was, but it was set inside the tree line where the old fence was. And they had, They'd take the deer stands down, we'd put them back up, and they got in a big argument. Finally, after a little court battle, they decided that, that the, the meets and the bounds of the property was where the old fence was. The old pioneers had it in the right place. The ones that knew had it set where it was supposed to be, but but when the new generation come along, it was a little bit easier to move out in the open field and build, just back up just a little bit and build another fence. Because, you know, that old, that old fence, you had to kind of work your way through the trees a little bit. A little harder putting fence posts and a little harder putting the wire up. But you get out in the open, it's all a little bit better. But I want to tell you where the old pioneers set the fence. Amen, where the old preacher man started looking up the meets and the bounds of the property line and said, hey, I know it would be a little bit easier right here, but let's go out there where it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. 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 Let's look, let's look up. Uh, a couple of years ago, I bought some property and, and, uh, Really, the first time I ever bought any property, so I didn't know what I was doing. I was talking to my father-in-law, trying to get a little bit of instruction on what I was supposed to do. And, and uh, went to the title company to try to find out what I was supposed to do. You know the first thing they told me to do? First of all, what you got to get, you got to get the survey that has the meets and the bounds on it. That's going to tell you where the property lines are. That's going to settle disputes in the future. So I want to tell you, in living for God, 
We better look back in this book. And we better get some meets and some bounds of where the property line belongs. And Amen. Any old way won't do like the world's philosophy is. That if it feels good, just go ahead and do it. There's no, there's no meets and bounds anymore. But I want to tell you, the Word of God is still full of, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is still one Lord. Amen. The Word of God is still full of people that were baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. This Word of God is still full of the Word that tells us that people did receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Don't let the world change the meets and the bounds of where. Hallelujah. Hallelujah of what it's going to take to be saved. Praise God. The Word of God is still true. Amen. Let the Word of God stand assured and let every man be a liar that's not preaching what the Word of God says. Amen. The Word of God still tells a man that he must repent. Amen. The Word of God still tells us that we can live free from sin. You don't have to listen to the lie of the devil that's moved the line and said you got to sin a little bit every day so you might as well pick the sin you like the best. Amen. God's Word still says come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I found me a vineyard. And I fenced the vineyard. I put up some meats and some bounds. I, I, put, I put everything in order. We as leaders of the family need to be fence builders. Amen. Amen. I, I would ask for a showing of hands, but I know some of you had put on the spot but I want to tell you, the Word of God still says that the man is the head of the house. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to bypass that very quickly because I don't want to get the devil stirred up too much today. But, but that's still what the Word of God says. Now, along with that does not give you the ability just to boss your wife around. Now, I will spend a little more time on that. But there is responsibilities that comes along with the man being the head of the house. Amen. Most men think, ah, that's just wash them dishes, woman. Wash them clothes, woman. Put them where I say put them. Do this and do that. That's not all there is to being the head of the house. The man is also the spiritual leader of the household. If your wife is out praying you, you're not the head of the house. That ain't about right. That's right. If your wife can out worship you and you stand over there like you've lost your best friend and <laughs> look at that, ah, oh, she takes care of that part and I just take care of the manly. That is the manly business. To be the leader. In biblical times, a man didn't come in behind the wife saying, okay, shall we worship today? No, 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 no. The man is the spiritual leader of the household. The man is the fence. What do you think we are to do, mama? You, you get them, you handle them, you straighten them out, you do that. And you Put the monkey on somebody else's back. Amen. But that's not the Word of God. You are the fence builder in your home. You are the trendsetter in your home. Oh, boy, I'm like that preacher said, I'm 40 miles out to sea and done hit a stump. <clears throat> but... Uh, <laughs> I'll just back up and run over it again. I just you do it, do it, whatever. Just, we need to build some fences. We need some men with some backbone. I know it's not Father's Day, but it's almost Father's Day. But man, get up and grow you a spine. 
Learn how to be a man of the household and to the spiritual walk with God. Learn how to pray and seek the face of God. Learn how to be faithful to the house of God. Learn how to bring your family to worship. Learn how to say, hey, this is the way you do it right here. Hey. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I can tell we're not going to get through with this today. I'm going to take a little work on this one. But in Exodus chapter 19, we find that Moses put up some boundaries. And uh, this is what he said about the mount of God. He said, and thou shalt set up bounds unto the people round about. This is what God said unto Moses, saying, take heed to yourself that ye go not up to the mount, nor or touch the border, touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. He told Moses, he said, set up some bounds. Moses, this is your job. You go out and you get the bounds set. You get the line set. I want you to set up some bounds. And this some kind of marker, some kind of fencing, some kind of railing, to give the children of Israel some guidelines of where they were not to go and how close they could get. And he said, Take heed to yourself that ye go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. In other words, stay away from the border. Stay away from the boundary. Stay away from the line. Get back in the area of safety. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 23. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot go up into the Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set up bounds about the mount and sanctify it. So this is Moses saying that they can't go up to the mount of God because we have set up bounds like you have told us. The man of God in your life, must set up some boundaries. Amen. Now, now, contrary to public opinion of preaching today, it's not just motivational speaking, but the preacher is the watchman on the wall that looks out and he finds, he takes the Word of God and he starts looking over the area and the landscape and he starts taking the Word of God And setting up some boundary points. And setting up some lines. And saying, okay, now you better be careful here. And you better watch out here. And this is where the line is drawn here. But then, we must as people of God. And leaders of the home. Take upon those bounds. And start building some fences. Some areas of protection i want to tell you one area that you start building some fences in men and women is about your spouse you better build a fence of love around your husband and around your wife they're not your old lady or old hag or old man or old grouch because trust me if you don't build up a fence Of love and protection around them. There is somebody out there that will accommodate you. Oh, I know that's weak, but it's the truth anyway. Amen. There is somebody that's looking over the boundary line that's winking and saying the right thing. If you don't compliment them and say, hey, that's a nice dress. Man, you look sharp in that suit and tie today, man. Man, you you just as... <laughs> that's what I did. I stopped before I told a story. You mean just as much to me today as you did yesterday. <laughs> you, you, you still are attractive to me. Amen. The devil is coming in and destroying marriages because men and women have not built a fence of protection. Amen. You better learn how to fireproof your marriage. 
You better learn how to build a wall around your marriage where the adversary can't come in and slip in unaware and destroy what God has blessed you with. Amen. 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 Boy, boy it, got, it got quiet and weak all of a sudden. But that's still good preaching anyway. It's not my responsibility as the pastor to come in and build a fence around your marriage. I'm telling you what you need to do today. I'm setting the meets and the bounds out. I'm, I'm setting some boundaries and some guidelines. Amen. But it wouldn't hurt for you to be a little bit nicer. A little bit kinder. I know can't nobody say amen right now. I understand. <clears throat> See, my wife's not here, so I can say what I want to this morning. Man. I'm the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> Don't ask her when she gets home. But, <laughs> but we, we, have, we have got to understand. You say, ah, wouldn't nobody want them? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what happens in the workplace. Man, they'd keep him and bring him back tomorrow. <laughs> That's what you think. But there's somebody and the devil has a trap laid for every one of you. Build a fence. Build a fence around your marriage. Quit allowing the devil to come in and make conversation of everything that's said is just a turmoil and an argument are you tired of fussing are you tired of fighting amen get in the altar and build a fence around the marriage that god has given you make it work hallelujah Hallelujah, trust me, that person on the job, that person in the workplace, that person at McDonald's, that person at Burger King or Whataburger or wherever they might be, they got the same problems as the one that home has. Amen, and the devil's trying to lie to you to destroy your family. Get the devil out of your house today and say, devil, I'm building a fence. I'm a fence builder. I'm building a wall of protection. I'm not about to let the devil destroy my family. Amen. 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 See, I, I preach this stuff. I'm still in the middle of doing all this. I'm still in the middle of making all this work. You say, ah, you don't ever have any problems because you're a preacher. No, I have my problems plus all of your problems. And uh, so, so there is problems no matter what walk of life that you are in. There's trouble. The devil's after you. He's after me. Amen. But then, this other area, I'm still working in this area too. I'm not an expert in any of these areas. I'm just laying out the meets and bounds for you. It's up to you to build some fences today. Amen. But our children are the greatest thing. God has placed a man and a woman together. And then he a man and a woman a man and a woman together. Male and female together. Still the way God placed them in the very beginning. It's still what God means for it to happen today. But God has placed them together to bring forth life. And when life has come, some of the precious things that God has given us. Man, I tell you, I hear people complain, Oh man, these kids are running me ragged. They're driving me crazy. At times I feel the same way. But I tell you, life wouldn't be worth living if it wasn't for my kids running around the house. Amen. And what God has blessed me with. I want to tell you, we better build some fences, church. You better start looking in your family and building some walls of protection because the devil wants your child to be strung out on drugs. The devil wants your young daughter to be pregnant at the age of 13. The devil wants them to commit sin and be rebellious. I want to, That's what the devil wants. But I want some men of God that will stand up and say, hey, I'm a fence builder. Devil, I can build it high. I can build it strong. And you're not about to destroy my family. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to offer you some advice today. This is some advice that was taken by, I took from my daddy. 
Boy, when I get advice from my daddy, y'all get nervous in them. Boy, he was something else. Amen. But this is what he lived by. He said, if you can't tell them what to do when they're little bitty, little bitty, little bitty, just little toddlers, just think what it's going to be when they get 16. I want to encourage you parents. I know there's a new philosophy in the world today. The other day my wife was listening at some old time radio and, and she said it was so funny because they had this guy on there. She didn't know who Dr. Spock was. She said a guy named Dr. Spock and it was the old way versus the new way. Now this was way back in the fifties or, or late forties said, and said they would say this is the way you are to raise a child and Dr. Spock would say this is the way. Now, Dr. Spock is the one that gave us the idea and the opinion that you're supposed to spare the rod and talk them and convince them eagerly and feverishly and tell them, oh, baby, please don't do that. But I want to tell you where the meets and bounds are. It's still in this Word of God. Amen. God has put you for the parent in their life. Oh, yes, God has put you there to correct. Bible still says that if you, spoil, if you spare the rod, you're going to spoil the child. Now, I'm not into child abuse. Don't go off and tell that junk. You can look at mine and tell that they've been very abused in life. They don't have hardly anything. But, but I want to tell you, this philosophy that the world has, and I, I, I know the way that you feel because we're living in a world that where most families, both parents work. And when you come in, you feel guilty because you hadn't been there all day. And, and you don't want to correct. And you don't want to, uh, you know, just, just kind of get along and let everything go. I, I want to tell you, if you feel guilty because you hadn't been there all day, look at something else to do and get where you can be there all day. But when you have got to work and you come home, don't ever forget more than their best friend you are, their parent. And the best thing that you can tell them in certain situations is still no. Oh, I don't want to tell my kid no because that's negative. If they want to go out there and play in Highway 92, what would you tell them? No. Why? Because that will get you killed. I want to tell you, if we don't teach them there is things in the world today that will destroy you, the devil is out to get you, we've got to start teaching them from a very early age. Hey, there's a right way, there's a wrong way. Oh, praise God. Amen. 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 Children telling parents, shut up. Oh, my Lord. I never said that. It's a proven fact because I'm still alive. Now, I did one time tell my daddy a bad, I called him a bad name, under my breath. I was about 14 years old. And I was mumbling something, going away from him. And boy, he turned his back and went into the house. And I reared back. I was so mad at, at that. And if I could, I'd <clears throat> give me another year and I'll. And boy, I was so mad, I walked up to a four-by-four four post. <laughs> and I reared back, and I still have the scar to prove it today. But you know what? That was better than telling that man that walked in that house, oh, you just go in there and shut up, you'll get over it. Ooh. He had this phobia. That thinking that I was going to say yeah or no to him. And when I'd say something, yes sir, no sir, I don't ever remember saying yeah or no. He'd say, what'd you say boy? I said, that was yes sir, 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 yes sir. And you heavy on the sir part. It didn't matter if... It... <laughs> and he'd still think... I. I don't think you put sir on that. I said, yes, sir, sir. I put sir on that, sir. I guarantee you, sir. I would never not put sir on that, sir. Because 
That was a deal and still to this day. It don't matter if somebody be 20 years old. I'm, yes, ma'am. You don't have to say yes, ma'am, to me. That, that offends me, would just had to offend you because I'm scared to death. That man in the grave had come out and choked me down. If I don't say yes sir or no sir or yes ma'am or no ma'am. What, what is the deal with the world today? They have changed the boundaries. Oh, the teachers don't. And I, I apologize to some of you teachers if you feel this way. But don't let me, let me encourage you. Don't ever discourage a kid from being respectful. Amen. The teachers don't want you to say it. Oh, the northern atmosphere, they don't say that. Man, I tell you, it still gives me the creeps when I hear kids saying, yeah, I know, uh-huh, and uh-uh. It's what we have done. We have moved the fence. Now, would that cause you to go to hell? No. But we have moved the fence of respect and reverence and honor to now... When those children get older, any of you older folks wonder what's going to happen to you when you're no longer able to take care of yourself? You better teach your children to honor you so when you are older, they'll be there to have enough honor and respect for you to take care of you. And you know what? To the dying day of my parents, I never looked and said, boy, you shouldn't have ever corrected me for that. That's the reason why I didn't turn out too good because you corrected me when you shouldn't have. You know, I can remember my daddy, one of the worst spankings. That sounds politically correct, but it was really a whipping. That he gave me was something that I did not do. I had a bad habit of taking things apart. And uh, man, I had me some tools and everything. He bought me a bicycle one time and went to Colorado and gave me that bicycle. My mama called him in two days. She said, you ain't going to believe what that boy did. He said, what did he do? said, he took that bicycle completely apart. It's unrecognizable. He said, boy, that dude's smart, ain't he? be able to take a bicycle part i never did get it back together i remember my brother bought me a pellet gun first thing i'd done so i went in the bedroom and took it apart you gotta see what that thing's made out of to the day i moved out of the house it was still under the bed taken apart i couldn't put it together but i could take it apart and uh where was i at oh yeah taking things apart my daddy had he was in the construction business also so he had a wheelbarrow out there that wheelbarrow was out there, and um, <clears throat> it had some things on it that needed to be taken off, I guess. So the, he come out there to get it, and the handles was off of it, and the wheel was off of it, and it was just, it wasn't a wheelbarrow no more, it was just a barrel. The wheel and the handles over there. And to this day, if I'd done it, I'd done it in my sleep, because I don't remember doing it, but you know the first person he come and got? The man that was good at taking things apart. And trust me, he was not in a good mood. <clears throat> and uh, he worked me over, and I'm telling Daddy, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. Yeah, 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 I'm going to whoop you for lying now. I'm going to spank you for lying. And so I, I got a, a, a pretty good understanding of don't take a wheelbarrow apart, even if you don't take it apart. <clears throat> and uh, don't lie about saying you didn't take it apart when you possibly could have taken it. I still, I don't remember taking a wheelbarrow apart, but I do remember that. But you know, when he was when he was on his deathbed and he had a stroke and lived five weeks after it, I didn't go to him and say, "Daddy, I I remember that time you you gave me a whooping when I didn't deserve it." You know what I said? Thank God he didn't know everything. <laughs> Oh, praise God. He didn't. That's what his motto was. Well, that makes up for one of those times you got by when you needed it. But you know what I told my mother? I, I, I was talking to her and I said, Mama, you know what I want to thank you for? Not the times you let me get by. Not the times you come to my defense. But I want to thank you for the times that you prayed for me. The times that you corrected me. The times you told me I couldn't do that. The times you told me, no, you can't go there. The times you told me, I'm not going to stand for that. Amen. That's what we need in the world today. Is still some godly parents in the fear of God. That'll put up some borders around your house. No, you're not going out and devil. You're not coming in. 
You're not coming in. Devil, get away from my home and my family. Hallelujah. Fence builders. Fence builders. But you know the society that we want, we live in today says, oh, it's the preacher's job. He's got to do it. Amen. Look at the preacher. Shout like the preacher. Worship like the preacher. Pray like the preacher. Be faithful like the preacher. Be committed like the preacher. Don't worry about what daddy's doing. Don't worry about what mama's doing, but live your life like that. Act like that. Do like that. Be like that. Amen. But that's not what the, the, the Lord has called you to do. When you're telling them one thing at church and going home and the fence is built somewhere else. You're telling them, oh yes, oh yeah, man, I shout about that, I worship about that. And then they get home and the fence has moved way over here and they say, Daddy, what, what, what's this about? What, how's this working? Why, why are we doing this? Why are we partaking of this? And, We need some fence builders that will stand up and build a fence where the property line is. Amen. Amen. The preacher said, don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't do drugs. We're all for that. Everybody agree with Well, I could probably get 100% that agree with that. But when it starts getting down to the nitty gritty. Amen. See, you can't pick and choose where you want to build your fence. You got to find the property line. This is mine. This is mine, devil. This is mine. You know, even today over in parts of Africa, they have, during the day, they all go out and at night they have these built, they, they built these fences, these borders, these uh, walls to keep. Not to keep them in at night, but to keep the bad things out at night. And, and people get the look at a fence and, and lines as, as being rules and restrictions. But know what it's doing. It's restricting how far the devil can come. Amen. It's restricting. No, 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 no. That's, that's your line, devil. That's, that's it. That's, that's where the fight begins right there. Amen. Every person is going to have to fight. You've just got to choose where your line's going to be drawn. Every person has boundaries. But you just got to choose where your line is. Amen. It's up to me to preach. And it's up to you to learn how to build fences. Amen. Don't let your little babies tell you to shut up, mom and daddies. Don't let them speak ill of you. Oh, he don't know any better. Don't tell me that. They know better. Amen. Train them. The Scripture says, and we look at this Scripture as looking at truth. And I believe it refers to truth. But in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6, it says, Train up a child in the way that it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train them up when they are young to respect and honor authority. Honor and respect authority. That's authority at home. That's authority at church. That's authority at school. That's authority on the job. That's authority of law officers. Be good every once in a while. Let them pay a ticket. Let them learn that there is consequences to evil doings. <laughs> Oh, praise God. This is, good. this is good preaching right here. I tell you, maybe I come back tonight and we'll all be happy and shout and we can sing, We are happy people. Yes. Fence builders. 
fence builders. I tell you what, my daddy was blessed. I was blessed. And he bought me a very nice car. And a very, uh, very fast car. <clears throat> and he told me, he said, now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the way it's going to be. He said, you can believe this and live a happy life and enjoy it. Or you can test me and see if I won't bring it to pass. He said, the day you get a speeding ticket for speeding, the car is going to the sale. I believed him. <laughs> I believed him. I was 17 years old. And I believed him because he was a man of his word. Now, before, previous to that, I had a new truck, and I, I didn't believe him when he said what he was going to do. And we saved a lot of miles on that vehicle. It stayed under the garage for months at a time. <laughs> but eventually, you understand. You come to the realization of there, there's, some, there's some boundaries there. There's some guidelines there. I want to encourage you daddies. Be a spiritual leader in your home. You mothers, be a spiritual leader in your home. Learn how, if your husband is a spiritual leader, learn how to follow the spiritual leader in your home. Husbands, don't ever require your wife to be the spiritual leader. Boundaries, fence builders, fence builders. If you teach your children to respect and honor and reverence people when they're young, when they get old, they will not depart from you. We can't expect the government. Not, Lord, have mercy. Where does time go when you're having fun? You can't expect the government to raise your family. Although they are wanting to. They want to tell you what you can eat and what you can't eat. For long you can go to McDonald's and can't even get any french fries because it's bad for you. If I want to eat french fries, I, I want to eat french fries. Greasy ones with grease dripping off. I want to die with a heart attack or be able to die with a heart attack. But, but they're trying, the government is coming in. And, and I want to tell you, we all get uptight about, man, they taking prayer out of schools and we want to meet around the pole and just show them that we can pray. The bad part about it is it didn't start by taking it out of the school. If it would have not been taken out of the home, it would have never been taken out of the school. You can't take prayer out and replace it with Hollywood. You can't take prayer out and replace it with the cell phone. I'm going to refresh your memory on the lines, the meets and the bounds. And it's up to you to build fences. But I want to tell you, you don't need to give your children cell phones with free texting, free pictures, free internet to go out as they would please because you're putting a loaded gun in their hand that it's going to destroy them. Restrictions. There's got to be some meets and some bounds. There's got to be some lines. Internet has invaded apostolics. And we have, we have, we have, and I've been one to do it against television in Hollywood, but I'm telling you, television's on its way out. It's all internet. It's all internet. We've got to have some boundaries. We've got to protect ourselves. It's not an entertainment tool. Men, it will destroy you. You better put some guidelines on it. You better put some filters on it. You better make some commitments. It's tight, but it's right. Don't, 
Don't make your children grow up before they have to. Let them enjoy being a kid. Let them enjoy playing outside. Get away from the video games. Get away from the electronics. Get outside. Get some dirt under your fingernails. Get some mud between your toes. Let's go back. Man, the way it used to be didn't hurt us. I can remember, man, just a few years ago, I, my kids think it's centuries ago, but just a few years ago when I was a young kid, I had a motorcycle. We could leave in the morning and be gone all day long and come back about the time it got dark. Nobody worried. Nobody was fretting about where we were at and something was going to happen to us. It was just a better place. What's changed that? Because the boundaries have changed. You're looking at teenage girls, 13 years old. I know I'm an old fogey. I should have been born 100 years before I was, but teenage girls that look like they're 17, 18, 13 years old, look like they're 21 years old. Let them be kids. Let them look like kids. Let them dress like kids. Let them play like kids. Put up some fences, church. Put up some fences, mama. Put up some fences, daddy. Don't don't rush them into relationships. Oh, if they don't like if they don't like so and so, they're not going to be accepted. I'm going a little long, but I tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. They don't. They got to be accepted. They got to have boys screaming after them. That's ridiculous. That's that's ignorance of the world. That's ignorance that Hollywood has put in our minds. Amen. Mamas killing one another because their daughter wasn't selected as the the cheerleader. What's wrong with society? What's wrong with the world? The lines have been moved. There's been no daddies in the lives. Of children building fences and saying, hey, we're going to keep you safe right here. I know this is old timey preaching, but, but this is a safe, your home is a safe place. Your home is a place with boundaries that keeps them safe from harm and danger. Let's sit down at a, at a meal and let's have a conversation instead of everybody looking, looking at their iPad and Playing with their cell phone. Or, are you even here? Daddy, where are you at? Oh, Daddy's busy on the internet. Gossiping on the... What happened to grandmas and grandpas? That... Man, I can remember something that, that rocked my world. My aunt told me and I was talking. I said, man, we're just we're busy and we don't have no time Never eat at home. We're always in a restaurant getting something and moving on. She said, you need to always sit down in the evening with your family. Do you hear me? She don't even go to church. She said, but you need to sit down with your family every evening and y'all turn off the electronics and y'all have a conversation together. Amen. That's what's happened to the world. That's the reason why we got teenagers going out and blowing people up and shooting people in cold blood. That's the reason why we've got kids that strung out on drugs is because we got rid of the fences in our homes. Amen. Let's have a safe place, church. You'd be surprised. They don't want another bicycle. They don't want a new car. All they really want is a mama and a daddy. Oh God, I'm stirred today. What's going to happen when these little guys, four and five, become 21? I was reading an article this morning on a, on a young man that went out in California and murdered people. What a sad deal. He said, I never felt like I was accepted. I never had a date. What put that in his mind that you you have to have a date? 
What put that in your mind that you have to be accepted by the hierarchy? I know we all want to be accepted, but but my goodness, let's build a fence. Let's have a home, a safety, a place that they can come and feel loved. Today, kids are abused in what should be the safest place in the world. Their home. Pedophiles are on the rampage. What's going wrong with this world? It's because we started moving the fences. And when you start moving the fences, it never quits moving. I know I got a lot more preaching what y'all got listening this morning, but I'm stirred up in my spirit today. I want some real men to grasp hold of this truth. I want some men to really step up. Some of you men is not stepping up and being the men that you need to be. I'm telling you, they're not going to be four and five and six very long before you know it. They're teenagers and they're going to pattern themselves after mama and after daddy. And if you move in the lines, then you're fudging on your fence building. They're going to do it to a greater extent than what you're doing. Until they won't even know this one God apostolic truth. Let's all stand. Why don't we lift our hands toward heaven and reach out to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Help us Lord. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I want somebody to reach out to the Lord right now. Reach out to the Lord right now. I wonder if there's a daddy that would grab your wife by the hand. That would look for your children and get them to the front of this church and say, I'm going to be the fence builder in my home. I want to set up some boundaries. I want to be the man that God has called me to be. I want to, I want to do what God has called me to do. I want my home to be a safe place. I don't want the devil to invade. Amen. I don't want the devil to come in and steal my family, to steal my wife, to steal my husband, to take away my children captive into a strange land. Oh God, but I want to be a fence builder. Help me, God.